The Midwife Crisis Podcast will touch on sensitive topics regarding the human body, sexuality, pregnancy, and all aspects of women health, women's health care that may not be suitable for all listeners. I am PR. And I am Kate. And this is the Midwife Crisis Podcast Microsode. Yay! Yay. The, the podcast where you learn it's not just you. This is where we answer listener emails, redress previous episodes, and importantly, share our self-care. Last season, we spent our final episodes discussing two pa- the two pandemics. And people, sometimes they say, what do you mean by two pandemics? Well, the COVID-19 pandemic is worldwide, mm-hmm. and the racial um, social justice pandemic is also worldwide. And so um, we discussed those issues in the killing, in the wake of the killing of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and others. And so we promised to circle back and kind of give you an update on these issues and first, we're going to look at the COVID pandemic. COVID update. Boop, 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 boop. That's like my, my newsroom oh, noise. You like I got that? it. I mm-hmm. got it. Thank you. I'm working mm-hmm. on a soundboard that's just my mouth. Okay. Um, right. <laughs> so as you guys know, COVID still here. We just actually hit uh, our one year sort of anniversary of the mm-hmm. quarantine where we thought we were all going to get to just hang out at home for two weeks. Um, of course, PR and I um, never hung out at home. We were <laughs> right. we were still working the whole time. But, um, you know, it's interesting to sort of reflect back and look back. And so some exciting stuff that's happening now is that our numbers are improving. And mm-hmm. that we are hopefully seeing the light at the end of the tunnel um, with COVID. And with that comes vaccine um, info. So I wanted to do a little bit of just vaccine blurb that has to do with a lot of our patient population, which is pregnant and lactating people. Um, and so there is a preliminary um, preprint study that just came out two days ago. Um, so it hasn't been published yet, um, but the data is there and you can look at it. It's called COVID-19 Vaccine Response in Pregnant and Lactating Women, a Cohort Study. And in this study, they found that amongst um, the people in the study, there was robust robust humoral immunity in pregnant and lactating women, and that they also um, transferred immunity to the neonate by the umbilical cord, so during pregnancy, um, and through the breast milk. And so this is a huge study. You know, we already know, um, you know, we've talked about this before, but there's not a lot of great research in pregnancy and surrounding pregnancy and lactation because it's sort of unethical to put two people, you know, that can't consent to being part of a study in a study. So a lot of what we do is we look back. And so we knew that we had the information from people who had anecdotally become pregnant in these vaccine trials um, that were fine and well even. Um, And we also know that we have this sort of other body of data of women who have actually contracted COVID during pregnancy Mm -hmm. and the sequelae with that. And so now we know with this vaccine that not only is it safe, um, and this is for all three um, vaccines that are uh, out right now, um, not only are they considered safe, um, you know, if someone chooses to have them, but also that they can provide some immunity and protection for the neonate and for the infant. So I think that that's huge good news. That is huge good news. And I feel like um, I just want to just sort of insert a little caveat that the timing of our recording of this podcast and when it will be issued, there may be a, a time gap. And so <laughs> that's true. And so you, you know, it was a couple of days ago that this preprint came out, but um, you know, it could be longer than that by the time and things are changing every day with that's regard right. to this, this virus. Um, we're learning more and more. We are learning on the job literally. Mm-hmm. 
And um, it's really sometimes hard to explain to folks that um, we don't know. Yeah. We and even know. what what our care has looked like, what our uniform has looked like, what our restrictions and recommendations look like, I mean, have just completely been turned on their head three times. Um, and, and we'll continue to just like in our everyday lives and just like in how we approach everything, we're going to continue to when we know better, do better. That's right. Know better, do better. Um, some good news is that we have three great vaccines um, produced by Pfizer, one and another by Moderna, and the last by Johnson & Johnson. And that's not in order of potency or, or efficacy or whatever. Um, the Pfizer is a two-part vaccine, and um, uh, Moderna is also a two-part vaccine, and Johnson & Johnson is just a single vaccination. Mm -hmm. And in just sort of anecdotally talking to folks, those who got the Johnson & Johnson kind of felt a little bit more symptomatic. And I don't know if that's because they kind of put all their power into mm -hmm. the one shot. Um, the Moderna, you get four weeks, just about four weeks after um, your first injection, the second part. Mm -hmm. And on the Pfizer... Three. Um, three weeks after you get your first. And then two weeks first. after your completed vaccine series. So that both shots or for Johnson mm -hmm. & Johnson, one shot, um, you should be at, you know, sort of max antibody response. Yes. And I think that that's absolutely important. Still, you're going to maintain your your behavior, your safety behavior. And then two weeks later, things kind of relax a little bit. That does not mean take off your mask or or stop washing your hands because you know that's a thing of mine <laughs> and not um you know not d socially distancing with people that you that you're around and that you don't know who aren't in your little circle because um those pe uh, some folks are not opting not to get the vaccine mm -hmm. and one thing i want to say before i get into who's opting not to get the vaccine is um you know the vaccine is not a cure Mm -hmm. So and it's not a 100 percent prevention. And so those folks, the studies have shown that have been done are showing that those who are vaccinated will not become as ill. They will not require hospitalization and they will um, not die and they will not die. And I think that those are important factors to consider. You know, folks say, well, you don't even know like what's going to happen. Well, we do know that part, that mm -hmm. those three are super important. Mm -hmm. And with a ha oh, more than a half million people already deceased in the U.S. from this and some who are deceased from other things, but also happen to have yeah. th this problem, um, this 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 virus. And additionally, I think with the vaccines, I'm seeing a lot of people who are being like, well, I had the opportunity to get the Johnson & Johnson, but I'm holding out for, you know, Moderna or Pfizer because it's quote unquote better. And really, we want you to know that no vaccine has ever been created to like completely eradicate you from ever right. getting sick from Just, this virus. It's That's not how they work. The way it works is it's going to save your life. And as far as that goes, as far as keeping you alive, should you contract the disease, they are all 100% effective. And really... Um, even at, I think, 72 or 74 percent or something with the Johnson & Johnson, that is markedly better than almost any other vaccine that we have yeah, that we currently That's give, for sure. You, you know? know, we get flu vaccines every year, especially as providers. We can be vectors, which means that we can transfer to from person to person. Mm -hmm. And so we all get vaccinated. And that doesn't mean that we won't get the flu. Mm -hmm. One year I got vaccinated and I did get the mm -hmm. flu. It lasted about two days yeah. as opposed to uh, however long it, it can last in folks. And I didn't get pneumonia and I didn't. So it was a milder case. 
And so I think that that's really important. And interestingly enough, this flu thing um, brings me to where's the flu this year? Mm hmm. Where is the flu? So we've been seeing very few, if any, at least where I'm working um, in the with the pregnant population, flu cases. Mm -hmm. We have tested folks and they turned up negative. And I think that that um, bears noting that people washing their hands, um, being masked and, and distancing themselves yeah. from folks, I think it's protected them from that, um, from the flu virus. And in addition to the to the COVID, so um, and some lessons learned, you know, I I think people say, oh, I'm just I'm so ready for all this to be over. And honestly, I, we have all been through a trauma, mm -hmm. and I don't believe that it's ever going to be a hundred percent fully mm -hmm. back to the way it was. And maybe that's for the better because maybe people will keep home even if they are like, oh, it's just a cold. Because mm -hmm. guess what? It could be the flu, and then you right. spread it to ten people in your office. You know, so. Um, I think some of that awareness, mm -hmm. that social awareness, um, yeah, is is going to be there to and, stay. And the desire to protect um, yourself, but also your family mm -hmm. and anyone who you care about in your circle. Um, it's all of that to consider. It's not just about your freedom to just run it's, the streets. It's not just you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it isn't just about... Um, wanting to get out there. And I think another thing that bears mentioning is that our normal is going to be a new normal. It's not um, with regard to either pandemic, with regard to mm -hmm. social justice and racism, with regard to, to COVID-19, we will have a new normal on how we comport ourselves. And we should because we can do better. Absolutely. Now, um, I think you were going to talk a little bit about who isn't getting the vaccine, but I, I did just want to say... Well, actually, you go first. All right. So some folks are opting not to get the vaccine. And, and uh, in some cases, you know, especially if it's a, a population of color who's saying, I don't want to get it, you know, they've done things to us in the past. Well, that's a small percentage of them. And other folks just don't want to because they they don't want to. It isn't very clear to me what the science is behind their not wanting to. It's more of an emotional decision mm -hmm. and kind of um, for their, themselves and their families. And, and anecdotes, they, anecdotes they, they will talk about things they've heard or things mm -hmm. they saw online or that kind of thing. Although none of them have talked about seeing online someone actually dying from COVID. So I that's think true. that that's important. But um, it, the, the thing is that we've noticed that the folks who are, many of the folks who are opting not to get the vaccine are also people of color. And people of color fare far worse with, if they get the illness mm -hmm. than the general than the rest of the population. And so, um, you know, their, their stats are like three, four times, kind of just like maternal um, infant mortality in the, right. in the U.S., where black folks are three, four more times to have, you know, a, a negative outcome. Same thing with this virus. And so I think it's really important um, you, we are not being harmed. We're being mm -hmm. helped here. And nothing yeah. is perfect, but we have to do the best we can. Yeah. Um, so I was just going to add on to sort of with vaccine distribution, of course, it's been left yes. up to each state. Um, but, you know, there are huge barriers to access for the vaccine. So, you know, we can sit here, both, you know, middle, upper class, educated people mm -hmm. being like, woo, yeah, we're vaccinated, blah, right, blah, blah. Right, right. But we have a very different, you know, worldview. We have very different access. We have very different, you know, everyday barriers to being able to get the vaccine. Like, 
you know, people are like, oh, yeah, I was able to get a visit. It's 30 minutes away. But if you don't have a car and if you don't have money to get there, you know, right. that's going to be a huge barrier. And additionally, you know, you're thinking of an older population that maybe can't, you know, sign up for the visits and can't mm -hmm. figure out how to use the website and things like that. Um, and then also when you're looking at some of the ways that the states have decided to distribute, like based on age only, right. um, you're you're sort of negating the fact that the most impacted population in many times, mm -hmm. in many cases, is a BIPOC population. Mm -hmm. And also these are the people who are many times in multi-generational households where they're more likely to have a household spread. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I wonder <laughs> if some of that could have been taken into consideration. I don't know. I'm, I don't work in public health, and I'm sure it, distributing the vaccine I know has been extraordinarily difficult in general. But I do wish there had been a little bit more sort of emphasis on on that piece, on those people who may need it most. And I think we're kind of learning by doing, because I remember with testing, you could only have drive-up testing initially. So who are the people that don't have cars? Right. Um, consider that population and that they can't do drive-up testing. And those are also the kind of folks who work in positions where their presence at work is mandatory or mm -hmm. they're not getting any money. Yeah. And so they just sort of have those sort of jobs that are essential, um, but not salaried or with benefits or that kind of uh, situation. And mm -hmm. the same thing with the vaccine. Now, the vaccine, it does not cost but trying to get access, they want you to sign up online. Well, some folks don't have Wi-Fi. Some mm -hmm. folks don't have Internet. Mm -hmm. And some elderly do not even, they're not sort of able, um, sort of, um, and they don't have the, the training or the skill to get online and try mm -hmm. to navigate their way through yeah. that sort of situation. And then there are folks who call. And I, I witnessed this. Someone called. Um, this person is in the health profession, but their partner is not. And so um, she was calling for her partner. She had herself on hold for 53 minutes. Mm -hmm. Who has the luxury of doing right. that? So she gave me all the all of the information. She gave it to all of us. And she said, I'm going to keep doing my job. But if they pick up the phone, I need one of you to pretend that you're his partner <laughs> and schedule this, this um, procedure for me. Yeah. And so that's, you know, folks don't have that kind of luxury yeah. necessarily. Um, and also, you know, differently abled people, people who have, you know, barriers, maybe they're housebound, maybe they're bedbound, maybe they're mm. wheelchair bound. I mean, there's so yeah. many different things like that that we also have to think of. And actually, in our community, they're doing a wonderful job um, identifying a lot of those people and, and going actually into the home um, to get them vaccinated, which is which is awesome. So. Yeah, good it, job, New it, Haven. It really is, and there are pop-up um, vaccination sites ar around town, mm -hmm. and so um, folks are responding well to that. And so I'm looking forward to whoever wanting it to be able to get it. Now, there's been a little thing that's going around with um, not just um, not just here, but I've read about it across the country that folks who are close to qualifying or qualify but come from different areas have been signing themselves up for sites that would typically serve um, this underserved population and this mm -hmm. marginalized population. And so they can easily negotiate all of the, the steps that you have to go through to get the vaccine. And so they say, I have an appointment, I'm going to get my vaccine. And I, and I have said, have you ever even been in that neighborhood? Right. Like what, so you are trying to get ahead of the line mm -hmm. And so um, 
you know, that's really disappointing. It's mm-hmm. disappointing that we're, we're once again not going to be fair about how we go about this. Mm-hmm. I will also just throw on there, that being said, if you are someone who finds yourself in a situation where you're like walking through Target and they're like, hey, we have a one vaccine because we're about to close. Run for it. You <laughs> go get that flipping thing. You yeah. know, it doesn't matter where they put it. I mean, again, no judgment because I know probably not everyone believes in this. And so we're not pushing anything on you, just like everything else. That being said, if you want it and you can get it, get it because you are not just protecting yourself. You're protecting your whole community. Um, and I think we're hopefully we're going to get there. Absolutely. I mean, th- the numbers have been going down. I think we talked about that. And um, they've been going down because people have been sort of um, abiding by the rules more or less and get starting to get vaccinated. And I hope that they continue to go down so that we won't have our old normal back, but we'll have a better, hopefully a better normal. And um, yeah, do, just keep doing washing those hands and masking and social distancing. I think that that's how we're going to help folks in the biggest way and and get if you if you are not you know against have being having a vaccine then get the vaccine mm-hmm. because it it's going to do nothing but really help you and the little bit of sickness you know people kind of complained i got sick well sick how Co- you got covid no mm-hmm. you got a few symptoms that lasted probably 24 hours or less. Mm-hmm. And I know because I won, I'm one of those people, but mm-hmm. I knew why I had those symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so I just treated myself accordingly and just kept moving forward. That's right. And this has been our COVID update. Boop, 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 yes. boop, boop, And that was our COVID update. We may, throw, <laughs> we may jump back in at some point. Um, also, we had promised to um, do an update when we were talking about the George Floyd and um, situation and Brianna Taylor and mm-hmm. her killers not being brought to any kind of justice. And she was one of us. She was, uh, you know, a, a first responder, healthcare provider, and just what went on with her partner and how he was charged. And, and ultimately, they dropped those charges. But just that, um, you know, the kind of things that happen to folks because of where you live and what you look like, because basically that's yeah. what transpired there. And again, as of today, we are um, one year out, basically, from uh, as of yesterday when um, Brianna Taylor was murdered in her mm-hmm. home. And, you know, her mom spoke yesterday mm-hmm. um, and it was it was beautiful and sad. And and we're still waiting for justice for her and for many of these people. And so um, and right as we record now, we're starting the trial of um, of the George Floyd case mm-hmm. and of the folks that um that were that killed him basically mm-hmm. yeah. and uh his family was just awarded 27 million i believe mm-hmm. but you know his brother said i i would love my brother back you can have the money back if you right. could get me my brother back and i think that that's really important fine they deserve the money but just throwing money at people that's not justice and you know i think also we have to consider that exorbitant cost. I mean, the cost of life is, there is no price on that. It's priceless, yeah. And the trauma Mm -hmm. and the violence. I mean, it is, but also... Just just if you are just a money person, mm-hmm. you it is going to cost you millions and millions of dollars if we don't change what we're doing because it's right. not working. Yeah, it, it and absolutely. Uh, can we get a vaccine for this pandemic, please? I don't. 
I don't know. That's, you know, something I was contemplating. I wish we could just vaccinate people against ill behavior, but we can't. And so we have to kind of do it the hard way. And here's the latest in a long list of ill behaviors. You know, this situation with the Meghan Markle Mm -hmm. um, and Harry interview. um, And, you know, the concerns about um, the color of her baby's skin, Mm -hmm. which, you know, colorism is a whole nother ism. Even even within the community of color and outside of the community of color. Right. Wondering what this baby is going to present like. Um, And and I've seen it. uh, I've seen it in my own family with my own children. They're like, well, let's see the ears because the ears Mm -hmm. are going to tell the true skin tone in the end. And I was like, well, let's see the ears. The baby is who the baby is. (laughs) Get out of here. And basically, she was poo-pooed by the media and by the firm. For those of you who may, who may have watched, the firm is this is this faceless sort of organization. It has a face for her, but mm-hmm. not to the rest of us, um, about her depression and her suicidal ideation. And I think yeah. that that is super important. So there's th- this is on so many levels. So the blatant racial bias mm-hmm. that sh- that you know she's being subjected to. And, the and you, la- could, you can see that in just I'd, I'd seen sort of images of her pregnancy and how it was represented in the media next to Kate's. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like the same picture, the same like idea, like, you know, Kate's holding her belly and it's like, you know, the Duchess is like uh, honing in on her maternal instincts. And then like Megan holding her belly and it's like, what's wrong with Megan? She can't stop touching her belly. I mean, it's like <laughs> right. and it's the same Freaking photo. (laughs) Yes, it's the same. So anyway, I digress. No, but I think that that's an important digression because it just speaks to the the experience and why this is a pandemic because she wasn't in the U.S. at that time. She was in Mm -hmm. she was in Europe, and so it it occurs there like it occurs here. Yeah. Um. And you know, so there's that piece of it, and the racial piece is huge. Like like Oprah, her mouth couldn't close when they were telling her (laughs) this stuff. And then, oh, and that people went to her husband with those questions, like, what do you think, the, is the baby going to be dark or whatever? Yeah. And um, they didn't address her as though she's a non-person. She's not an adult. She can't have an opinion. Right. And, you know, she went, despite all that, she goes to these folks and she says, I'm depressed and I don't really want to live. Mm-hmm. And um, she didn't get support. And that is important because that's another worldwide pandemic that people have emotional issues and they have mental issues and and certifiable diagnoses and they get once again poo-pooed mm-hmm. it's just sort of like buck up sister or whoever it is right and um aren't we giving you enough already you live yeah. in this lap of luxury and you have to go and get depressed and sort of have suicidal ideations and um, that those things are what they are. It's kind of like someone with diabetes mm-hmm. who who eats happens to eat some bread and their a pizza and their blood sugar goes up really high. Okay, that's a thing. Right. But do you say to them? Well, you can say to them. I, I just want to advise you: be careful with the pizza, and you need some extra medication. But I feel like there's much more compassion right. than there are for those who have those kind of issues, mm-hmm. as though that's not really a medical thing. Right. That's just you being a crybaby. And and that mental health stigma is is so um, harmful because you're going to see people whose life depend on your support 
and your caring of them and you're addressing their mm-hmm. mental health issues. And it can literally be life or death should you choose to ignore Lord, them. Yes, yeah. for sure. And these are common themes that are not just for Megan Markle, but for those who identify, you take the color out of it. And, and uh, as women and young girls, that they mm-hmm. that they are not heard and that they are not supported. Yeah. And um and in the long run, it costs everyone. Yep. It's it's costly for everyone. And then the issues with interracial relationships, you know, people claim not to be racist until there's a chance that a baby of color is going to join the family. Mm-hmm. And then it's then it becomes an issue. And even Harry, you know, they had been in a relationship for a while, but he admitted that he had to educate himself mm-hmm. on matters relating to race and walking in his wife's shoes, although he can't be her per se. But he tried to he he being privileged mean, meant that he wasn't required to give it a lot of thought right. until he decided to make a life with a woman of color. Right. And also something we've learned this year, or and I'm saying we as in people who are not black or a person of color, something we've learned is it's not enough to just be like, oh, I, that stuff doesn't matter to me. You have to sort of actively be engaged and be educating and be evolving and changing in order to be an ally. You can't just be like, this is fine. And why can't we just all be the same? Because it's not like that, homie. The most offensive, maybe there are more offensive things, but one of the, it's up there on the list is that you tell me when you see me, you don't see color. Mm. You don't see, oh, I don't see color in anybody. I don't see you're the same as everybody else. And um, no, that that's not that's not really acceptable because to not see that is to negate who I am and yeah. where I come from and the history that comes with me. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say I want to always be talking about the 400 year enslavement of people. No, I don't. But I do want to be respected for who I am and not to be treated as though it doesn't matter. Right. Because it does, because most people who look like me are not necessarily mm-hmm. people of privilege. And, you know, it's very interesting because the British folks were upset about her, you know, divulging these this history. And even that um, man, Pierce Morgan, um, walked off his set because he said, I don't believe her and she doesn't matter and or it doesn't matter. And, you know, she like get over herself. And he, you know, he doesn't matter to me. Yeah, he doesn't matter. And. But I understand that that's sort of the low hum there is just sort of like, how dare she reveal things? She's in the monarchy. Well, she's married to someone in the monarchy and they shouldn't be airing their dirty laundry. That's all bullshit. Mm -hmm. People are in the monarchy because someone created it, Mm -hmm. not because there was some, I don't know where it came from, but years and years and years ago, they just decided these people are better than those people. At the end of the day, we're all people, no matter what. And additionally, um, You know, I think that's that cultural thing as well, is that like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be talking about this because this is something you talk about privately and this is something you address this way. And guess what? If you feel most comfortable talking about your mental health issues with a million people, good Mm -hmm. on you. And if I feel most comfortable not sharing it with other people, but dealing with it my own way, good on me. But we're not all going to be the same. No, we're not monolith. And I think the other thing that's important is that People like her who folks kind of admire from afar for whatever reason, because she's an actor, because she's beautiful, because she because Harry has swag, because whatever. Um, I think that it's important to um, those folks can speak to issues and it can carry a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. The fact that she is 
admitting to the world that she had these um, issues, these emotional issues and these race issues, that that matters to other people. And they sort of sometimes govern themselves accordingly. And I think that she can bring this to the fore, kind of like the miscarriage. And, yeah. um, and you know, people were very critical also of Chrissy Teigen when she um, lost her baby. And uh, why does she have to bring that up and talk about it? Because she wants to, right. and because people need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And they need to talk about their rainbow babies and they need to, which yep. is the baby that you have after a successful pregnancy after you have a loss. And, um, and all of that is, is important. And if they're comfortable sharing it and it can help a lot of people, I think that that's important that, that yep. they can only be useful, not, not to be criticized. Absolutely. You know, I've been caring for a lot of patients, uh, lately that just, you know, happen to be black or Latinx in my new job. And they will often express to me that they feel that they're being ignored or they'll mm -hmm. come to me because they'll be like, you know, you're my third person I've gone to because I have this issue and I've shared it and no one's listening to me. Yeah. Um, or my my provider seems really bothered that I keep having yeast and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever. And, um, and it's bananas because I can tell you right now, again, as a white person, that that's not happening in the other way. We're not right. saying things like that. You know, you don't hear people saying like, oh, she's always late about a white person who's late. Right. But if it's a black person who's yeah. late, they're like, oh, right. you know her. Right. She's always five minutes late. Well, guess what? She might have taken two buses and then right. one of them, you know, she right. didn't have who enough knows? fare on her right. card. And then she had to walk 10 blocks like just, you know, we have to meet people where they are. We yes. always say that, but it's so true. Um, you know, I actually had a patient who came to me as a new patient, because her postpartum care had been so se severely lacking. Ooh. She had no idea what had happened to her body. No one explained to her at all about the fourth trimester, about her healing. I mean, she had questions about her, you know, tear. She, you know, had all different types of concerns that she was wondering about. And, you know, I just, I can't help but, but question if it would have looked different or if her care would have been attended to differently had she looked differently. Oh, I absolutely think that's true, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's where folks say, you know, we treat everyone the same. We use the science. But there's a little caveat in there because how you approach people, what you think of them when you see them, what you... Um, I literally was taking a walk recently with my son, my oldest son, and a woman tried to cross the street as we approached with our masks on and like we were doing everything we were supposed to do. He walks on the outside, I walk on the inside. That's just a courtesy that I taught him when he was younger. And um, she literally tried to cross in, into heavy traffic. And then as we passed her. I'm not trying to laugh, but. As we, into heavy traffic. And then as we passed her, she decided, oh, I guess I don't need to cross anyway. Because she just got back on the sidewalk and kept walking. And then looked back at us because we looked back at her. And I said, well, thank you very much. Like, what were we going to do? What were we bothering you for? And that just is sort of a small example of how you see people and mm -hmm. how you treat them differently than. And. If you are listening and you are a provider, you are a future provider, or just a person in the world, I mean, if you notice these things and you have the privilege to speak up and try to mention something, and this is not about being like woke, you know, and right. being like, I got this, I'm all over right. it, because that's also very rigid. You yeah. need to be a little fluid, a little in the gray area, mm -hmm. and be able to, you know, 
come across and, and verbalize and, again, do better. And don't just be performative. Yes. Don't put on a T-shirt that says Black Lives Matter and then just keep treating people the same way. Mm. Um, that's troubling. Mm-hmm. Sure is. Well, we're going to, on every episode, we kind of address some of these issues. And so um, this is not the end. And it's not the all because we don't ever profess to provide the all. Mm-hmm. We just kind of talk about things that have sort of touched us in the recent days or months or whatever. And yeah. so... Um, we appreciate everyone's sort of tolerance with that and your and your suggestions and your comments. Absolutely. And especially if you're out there and you're hearing this and you're like, well, you know, that really strikes me differently. Mm-hmm. Please share because we, again, are two limited perspectives. Right. So um, so we would love to hear yours as well. We would. So uh, as we do on every microsode, we're going to talk about the ever important self-care corner where we talk about how we've loved ourselves and how we've cared for ourselves um, in the past, you know, recent past. So uh, what do you got, PR? Swedish death cleanse. That is what I've been doing. And that's where you kind of go through your house and you purge it as though you were gone and it it, it it's very effective in many ways, but it then your family does not have to go through that, going mm-hmm. through all your old papers and all kinds of just nonsense and kitschy items that you kind of let collect dust and um, that sort of thing. And I told my children I was doing this, and I said, you can look it up. It's a thing. I didn't make it up. <laughs> and uh, and the response was really positive. One of them said, please, please do, because we don't want your shit. And that's a direct quote. (laughs) And the other one was like, does it include furniture too? Because you have a lot of furniture and and I'm going to make a bonfire out of it. I said, no, those are heirlooms. Come on, guys. But no, really, it has been very liberating and freeing for me. I know where things are. I can find them. and, And I haven't gotten through the whole house, but in the rooms where I've done it, it's sort of like I have that or I don't have it because I know I tossed it out mm. and then I have to either get it or figure out a way. So it's been um, emotionally, it's been very uplifting mm-hmm. for me um, in my house. I go through it and I say, who lives here? This place is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to a year ago when it was who lives here? Like, what's the hoarder's name that lives in this joint? I'm feeling a little left behind because I still see our joke was always like if something happened to her, I'd have to like get there real quick (laughs) (laughs) because anyone else would be like, oh, my God. But I'd be be like, oh, no, I got you. And then like my jokes always that someone will come to my house and call DCF because I have children (laughs) and there's just like stuff everywhere. So I'm feeling a little left behind. I need I need some Swedish death cleanse in my life. Well, I, if you need help, I will gladly come. And it's even easier when you have someone with you who's like, purge that. That's just nothing. Get mm. rid of it and, you know, limit your collections and that kind of thing. You've enjoyed yeah. them. Gift them to people. Yeah. I've been do- using some little art pieces and stuff, and I've been gifting it to folks because I think they would like to have that. And I would like for them to have it. And then we don't have to go through who wants stuff and who doesn't want mm-hmm. stuff when I'm gone. And that doesn't mean I'm preparing for death. I'm preparing to live mm-hmm. my my last whenever the however many years days months years that I have left that they will be free. Amen. And, Life is short, and you only get one. And you only get one. Yeah. How about you? 
Well, so I have um, much to this sort of same tune that we've been discussing, sort of not just like walking the walk and t- and talking the talk or just not talking the talk, but walking the walk. Yes. Either way. Yes. Um, I have always been and will always be this proponent of body positivity. Mm-hmm. But I also have the most crippling body dysmorphia of like <laughs> anyone I've ever met. Um, and so my goal, you know, I've talked a little bit about how I've had this sort of like journey to betterness, which has included, yes, a little bit of weight loss and yes, including lots of exercise in my life. But I'm also trying so desperately to just change my outlook because I'm not just a body. Um, And so I've been doing a lot of work just kind of as I'm sort of losing weight, fighting the uh, urge to compare. Yes. You know, because doing things like a before and after Mm -hmm. implies that your before was was not good enough and was less worthy. And that is not true because I kick ass no matter what weight, no matter what size, no matter how many times I've gotten on my little bike. That being said, I'm still riding my Poraton, which is what I call my uh, my bike that is not a Peloton. And I'm still running on, in the streets and like doing all that stuff because it makes me feel good. I'm focusing on the good. Good. Amen. So, yeah. Amen. All right. Well, we've come to the end of another microsode. So we would like to thank Baobab Tree Studios Um, Our friends, our family, and you, everyone who makes this podcast possible. Please be sure to subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Android, and now iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Midwife Crisis Podcast, all one together. Or email us at midwifecrisispodcast at gmail.com. We love to get feedback positive, negative. We just want feedback so we can give folks what they're looking for. Until next time, I was supposed to talk about my sourdough bread, but I didn't. So now here's the pun. (laughs) Bake the world a better place. (laughs) Yes, she makes sourdough bread on a regular basis. (laughs) She got, what is that thing you use to make it? The Uh, starter. The starter. She Mm -hmm. got a starter (laughs) and it's taking on a life of its own in her home. That's Um, right. And for me, um, speak kindly, um, but let your voice be heard, especially if you feel like you're a person who isn't being listened to. And speak kindly if you're a person who's doing the speaking. Mm -hmm. Bye. Adios.